0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. I'm Bruce Johnson, joined, as always, of course, and uh, forever by my brother Jacob
1: Johnson. Forever. This is this is we've we've got a long term. There's no end in sight. Gotcha. So no end in sight, everybody. This will. This will. You you, you're not stopping us. Like (laughs) we won't stop. (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hi right. everybody, I'm I'm Jacob. So yes, hi Jacob. Um <laughs> so
0: today is discussion topic Friday. We we are discussing a brand new series, kicking it off with and I'm literally opening my calendar right now so that I can get the title right. <laughs> 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 so I'll Leadership for the King, about. the individual. <laughs> Thank you, Jacob. I was right there. I mean <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Leadership for the King is our brand new series, and we are, you know, just picking some random old, you know, facets of society. No rhyme or reason, really. There's no Hyperion spheres of authority theme going here whatsoever. So, not in the slightest. Nope, not at all. So, on that random track today is the individual, you know, just out of Mm -hmm. thin air. Not like they're going to build or follow a pattern of any kind.
1: No. So anyway,
0: um, as we discussed this today, leadership for the king is a different form of leadership. No mm-hmm. duh, It's a different way of approaching leadership. And it's something that is desperately needed today. And this is gonna go this series, by the way, this is Jacob's brainchild, so thank you, Jacob. Um this episode. We, we were looking through... I mean
1: this whole this whole
0: series yeah, well, is
1: kind of like you you the, planted the seed and we both kind of built yeah, onto it and yeah, took yeah. it from there. And, this one yeah. specifically, this, this I was series. like, yeah. This this episode specifically, I was like, hey, we could bring in the, because we were talking about the yeah. church, the, you know, the government, the yeah. civil government, we, you know, and all that. And I was like, hey, we could talk about the individual. And Bruce was like, what? What do you mean? What do you, what do you mean about that? <laughs> do you and, lead yourself. And, yeah. Yeah. So, so. And I was like explaining we, everything. So. Yes, exactly.
0: So, so for those of you who are unaware of our background, we like probably almost all of you, unless you happen to be listening from Phoenix, Arizona, and you go to an Apologia Church, or you happen to be listening from Moscow, Idaho, and you happen to go to the church, one of the churches that I go to now, woohoo, uh, you probably are in a fairly squishy Evangelifish Church. Hate to say it. Um, and see, I can say that because I've been halfway across the country and found More and more and more and more squishy, squishy churches to the point that I just left the state and went two states over. Because, you know, Idaho was right there. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, Pennsylvania, same deal. Dreadful. Spiritual condition of these churches, right? And what's so dreadful about them? We could go on and on and on. But in 10 seconds, because that's all I got, I'm going to summarize it for you. Here you go. You ready? Ready for this? That's, a, that's the a big gospel, cast. Yeah, I know. Here's a summarized it. version of why squishy evangelical fish churches are so bad. Their theology of the gospel is dramatically askew. John 3.17 never sunk in. Never sunk in. So, leadership for the king is the exact opposite of that. And we're going to be discussing that a lot today. So, buckle up. We've got one heck of an episode for you. And by we I mean Jake. He has one heck of an episode for you. <laughs> so before we do that, though, we have to uh, we have to do what is the focal point of our show, the word of God. We have to do what we always do, which is to talk about our verse of the week before we get into anything else. Our passage this week is Psalm chapter two, verses four through eight. So four verses, but oh my goodness, do they pack a punch? I'm going to be reading from the King James version because I happen to think um, the the version of this, the way that it uh, translated it, is extremely poetic and just beautiful to read. And it, the way that it that it is here in the King James version, just really packs a punch. I feel like it's kind of the edges have been rounded and dulled in a lot of the other versions. You cannot hide. What this version says. So here we go. Psalm 2, 4 through 8. He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then he shall speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me. Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. And that's Psalm 2, verses 4 through 8. I'll be focusing specifically on this last part because it's the most controversial and it's the part that all of the aforementioned squishy Evangelifish churches utterly hate to acknowledge the heathen are becoming under the lordship of Christ and are under the lordship of Christ and they're more and more becoming Uh, people who cannot deny that, right? Now, this is something that most churches across America don't want to admit today, hence the collapse of America as we know it, (laughs) right? But the kingdoms of our Lord, the, the kingdoms of the nations have become the kingdoms of our Lord. That is a truth. And that is a fact that we cannot deny. Christ did ask, For the the heathens as his inheritance. We see that in Daniel 7.14. All peoples, languages, and nations shall serve him. Right, He's sitting at the right hand of God. Until all of his enemies have been made his footstool. This is a conquering king. And that means it changes how we live. It changes what we do. When we build a business, we build it for the king in all that we do, we do it as unto the Lord. And that includes leadership. That includes how we act in the positions that God has placed us in. How do we lead the people under us? Or today, we're going to be talking about a slightly different form of leadership. With that, I'm going to pass it over to Jake to kind of Dip our toes into this concept of self leadership, but also, what does it mean to be a leadership for
1: the king? What does leadership for the hmm. king actually look like? So, of course, I, I think to go straight into this um, leadership for the king, right? I think I think we chose this one mainly because we're talking about leadership through a biblical perspective, right? And we're talking about leadership for God. Right, we're talking about this type of leadership. What what type of leadership would be pleasing to God? What how do we lead, right, in a God godly fashion? So, um I think I wanted to kind of talk about this and really bring up this entire um why we're talking about this on our show is because I think we've lost, right? This leadership, I, I, a lot of people, you know, we you hear the um you hear the phrase introverts versus extroverts. What what is this <laughs> this this divide here and that these introverts can't be leaders because they can't talk. They can't talk to the to the people. They have a hard time They They use up their spoons or they have a hard time leading people because <laughs> because hey, guess what you're um, the people under you have questions or. Um. All these type of things. Um, I did not see this going there, but I love mm-hmm. it. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm I'm saying like I think this is a real problem we have in the world, especially Huge with the fact problem. that we we think leadership, right, is just hey, I tell you something, you do something, right? We have this leadership, and we think authority and power gives us the right to demand and become a dictator. Right. So in yeah. this, in this way, we're, we're talking about leadership and I want to give a de- brief definition here, and it's not going to be brief. Um, this is going to be the first half of this episode. Um, <laughs> I want to so, give you a brief
0: definition and let me right off the bat say it will not be a brief definition. Brief definition.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm using verses to come up with this, um, this definition. And, I have this set up in a way, and I'll get into that very shortly. However, since Bruce and I will be speaking about leadership this entire month, I decided to start with verses that might help us understand what makes someone a good leader. So I'm not going to be giving you a Webster Dictionary um, definition of leadership here. I'm giving you... Dude,
0: I think think you're insane. I want the secular humanist's opinion on this. Please.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm trying to do here is give you the attributes of what a good leader looks like. So you can understand and you can kind of build this definition for yourselves. But the Bible gives us perfect examples as to what leaders look like. And these examples and tells us what a good leader is. So that's what I'm going to be trying to do here. And from that, We can derive a definition of what a good leader is. Um, And so I'll get straight into it. Um, Starting off, we have 1 Timothy 4.12. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Um, In this verse, Paul is talking to Timothy. However, the point... I want to make here is that even at a young age Timothy was told to be an example knowing knowing Paul knowing uh Timothy would be someone that people would be watching he was put up at at a higher at young age he was put up as a as a higher positioning of a, of authority to a lot of the churches um during that time so he was someone that people were looking to however i think we can take this for ourselves in, in the fact that a good leader has to first follow God for himself and be an example to others, right? All of these attributes that are here that Paul is speaking about, um, that you be an example in word, conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity, this is this is the Christian, right? As a Christian, you are to be an example to even the world. In the same way that your words, what you say need to be, well, need to be checked, right? That you need to be able to hold up to scrutiny from other people. Are your words Christian, right? Do they follow a Christian standard? And Bruce and I have talked about similar things, a lot of that before. Uh, Bruce and I are discussing leadership in the different Kyperian spheres. Like we're going through these different Kuyperian Kype- spheres um, this month. And with a bonus, we're going to be adding a business sphere. And I'm, I'll be discussing that a little bit later on. And um, what I mean by that. Watch out. Um, and I wanted to show a verse about leadership in each sphere. Um, and Really, what I'm trying to do is, I spoke before about how I'm deriving this, um, this definition and how I'm creating this definition, and you're kind of seeing my thought process through this, but I wanted to also do this in a way that I picked out a verse for every single sphere, right, and it, it talked in each sphere, and through that, it would give us an accurate definition and a general definition of leadership as a whole. So we're taking these different attributes from each verse that speak to each sphere, plus business, um, and from that, we're deriving a definition, and one that will be general enough to also encompass all of those spheres. Um, 1 Timothy 4.12 speaks to the individual here, if we didn't understand that already. Um, And it speaks to individual leadership by first... um, this is individual leadership by first making your life right before God and living as a personal example to others. We're leading others through example in this way. And as a personal... And we'll get into that more. I'll, I'll, I'll speak to more of that later. So to continue on quickly, um, Exodus 18.21. Um, and Exodus 18.21 says, Moreover, Look for able men from all the people, men men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And that was the end of the verse. So, sadly, the notion of a man in, in office, and if this wasn't obvious, this is speaking to the several government. Um, men in office are not being trustworthy— don't hate a bribe, they get money all the time um, from lobbyists and whatever, what have you, or even, even, at least, they don't even love God. And all these notions are foreign to the American civil government. But a biblical leader does all of these things. They hate bribes. They fear God. They are trustworthy. That is a biblical leader as it pertains specifically to the civil government realm. But those are the attributes that we're taking out for our definition. Uh, to move on, we have 1 Timothy 3, 1-5, which says, This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Jake, Again, the, Jake. Yeah, I don't think we mm-hmm. should read that verse anymore. That sounds too yeah, much like the patriarchy. Yeah, I'm sorry. It sounds a little um. <laughs> Little uh, it it hurts some people's feelings, so we gotta we gotta cut that one out.
0: Um, <laughs> to put it mildly, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, Hebrews, and I'm gonna add to this. I have another verse to add to this. Uh, Hebrews thirteen three, which says, "Remember your leaders who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith." So moreover, this is a this is a verse speaking to the people following, the the followers of this leader, imitate their faith, right? And I wanted to bring this verse in to the fact of people will look to leaders and will follow. They will follow an example. Leaders, overall, have to be an example. Nothing about that. Uh, The church... Is in the powerful yet dangerous position of leading families and culture. The church teaches souls to lead souls. Right? They're creating these fathers. They're creating individuals, <clears throat> and these souls that they're they're nurturing are leading other souls. Right? These biz. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, sorry. I didn't mean to uh, cut s- you off. I, I was just oh. going to say whether they. <clears throat> whether they intend to or not, or not. whether they yes. think they're yeah. teaching people how to lead mm-hmm. or not. I, I don't know if you were going to bring that up or not, but yeah, there's you were. No, 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 no. I get,
1: I, okay, I'm saying cool. yeah to your point.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there's a delay too. It's, it's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the internet is so much fun. Um, <laughs> and I can say that cause I, I, build a lot of things on the internet, <laughs> um, but whether the, the, the church thinks it's teaching people, people how to lead, or oh, whether it thinks ah, it's not a moral issue, can't really preach on that from the pulpit, mm-hmm. they'll figure it out. You're still teaching them how to lead. Yes. You're just not doing it yeah. well, right? Is it better for you to not do it well or to do it well? Because those are your two options in the church. Yeah, <laughs> When we're talking about leadership, you have two options. You either teach it well or you teach it poorly. There is no third, yeah. uh, we're not going to teach it option. You're teaching it with every sermon you preach.
1: Yeah, and I I use this word specifically souls here as a very important and key word, right? We're we're not just these aren't these are people, right? But what, what are we more talking about? We're talking about souls. We're talking about immortal souls whom go on to live forever, whether it be in heaven or in hell, right? Or who continue on to come back to the earth. Um, a particular type of leadership is needed, right, for a pastor or elder because of the immense impact on hearts mind, hearts and minds, which have immortal consequences. That comes back to my same point there. This type of leadership needs to be scrutinized highly. Um, that is why 1 Timothy, um, this, this verse, 1 Timothy um, 3, 1 through 5, that this list that it creates of these godly qualities, right, which which most people should have, it's Christians should should be following this as a as a good guideline for what they for what their lives should look like. But that that list of qualities, right, that these that this these leaders should have it, is very long. That list is very very long, like all all super super long. I I, I think I think we all can see that. So, it's vitally important for church leadership to have all these qualities, understand all these qualities, and perfect all of these qualities. Right? Moving on. Um, Ephesians 6, 4. We're moving into the family sphere. Uh, Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Lastly, well, not lastly. Sorry, I have one more, one more um, verse to go over. But we have the family sphere and the attribute of leadership that we can use in this definition. There are actually two um, that we can use in this definition, use for the definition, is that of love, right? Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, right? The loving of children. But also, something also very vital here, is the strict discipline, of discipline and instruction of the Lord, vital that that discipline. And again, because there are immortal souls in the line, this this these fathers have the have the position of training those immortal souls much like the church, not on the same level as the church, not in the same immensity as the church, but they have a similar um, a similar task. Lastly. Uh, um, Philippians 2 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. The fact of leaders being humble. However, I'm using this verse as a final understanding of this definition. This is more of a personal, this is more of an individual leadership verse, but I wanted to speak about the business field. And I told you I would get back to this. But the business field is a section of the individual or family sphere. It's a, it's a small subsection that I think is in between this individual sphere and the family sphere. However, the leadership qualities differ slightly from both of them. Um, a leader in business, a boss, um, does not work with children. Right, they're not teaching, they're not disciplining children, they're not training children, right? As a father would, they're they're they are trying to lead um, adults sometimes. Um, however, they also have greater authority than just individual authority than just the leadership of an ordinary individual. They're not only leading by example as an individual would. The business leader needs to be an example, but also in a similar vein to the father, be loving but disciplined. Right. You you have to understand that these are these are adults. So you love them, right, in a way that a, a boss would, in not being mean to them, and not overworking them, in not in caring for them, but also making sure that you're not, you're not doing that too much on that pendulum swing to saying, you don't need to work at all. You know, this whole, this whole, um, Bruce can probably speak to the fact of the, the working from home is not, is not a good, is not a good thing for most, for most people that, that working inside of an office inside of, inside of the work is, is much better And the fact that a boss needs to understand that and be disciplined in that, that sort of thing. And we'll, we'll speak more about, um, um, business leadership. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you can apply
0: that to the individual because the, the obvious pool for an individual is to want to work from home because it's less, uh, um, it's less difficult for him to do his own thing in terms yeah. of goofing off when he should be working or, you know, there's a whole host of reasons that he could give at the bottom. At the bottom of all of that, though, is usually laziness. Right. And you may not even know it. Um, yeah. But when you when you work at an office, you have no choice but to work. <laughs> right. You, especially in a, in a good office where the people around you are Christians and they're working, too. Right. So that's and that's an individual leadership quality of an individual to say, you know what might be easier. I might want to do this. I might want to work remotely because it's, you know, whatever host of reasons. But I know I won't be doing what I could be doing for the kingdom nearly as well if I'm not working in person. And so it's up to the individual to take leadership on that front and say, no, this is difficult. I have to take a sacrifice <laughs> right?" and go back, especially if you're a quote-unquote introvert. Which I don't believe there's introverts and extroverts. That's it. We can get into that a little bit later. But <laughs> we as a society have slapped a label on something that people have a tendency to, you know, homosexuality. We've slapped and said, yeah. oh, they can be okay. You know, introverts, oh, they can be okay. Like, no. Like, you have a proclivity towards a certain sin you dislike people you need to work on it (laughs) that's a problem that's not a a state to live in anyways so introverts like to work from home they like to but you need to say no no i know i don't want to do this because as an individual leader i need to lead myself right to do well in this and that means going into an office yeah and that's just one example but that's a great one Mm -hmm. jake thanks for bringing that up
1: yeah um. So, kind of to conclude this definition, and it took 25 minutes to do that, I am so sorry. We're only going to have five minutes to, to talk about individual leadership. But I think we've we've kind of off a new series. done that. That's how it goes. Yeah. yeah. I think we've kind of done that throughout this entire thing, talking about the individual is a leader by example, right? And is a leader to himself by first leading himself into godliness and is working on those those aspects of leadership um in order to be a leader in the in in business be a leader as a father be a leader in the church if that is what what you're going into be a leader even in the civil realm again if that's what you're going into so to conclude here is a biblical definition using all of our using all of these little points that we have pulled out, this is what I came up with as the biblical definition of leadership. A biblical leader is one who lives as an example in his speech, conduct, and reputation, but also a person who fears God and therefore doesn't lie and doesn't take a bribe. A leader will live as a righteous husband with one wife who leads his kids in godliness by teaching and disciplining. Lastly, a leader does not does all those things with humility, honoring God and loving those he leads. That's Amen. what I kind of came up with. Yeah. Um, so and I think from this, we can move into talking about the individual. And before I take the show, Bruce, what what do you have? Um, on on the individual that you might want to speak about? Well, I don't know what
0: exactly, which direction you're you're going in. But if we're talking about leadership or the king under the definition you just gave, I think, looking at the individual, um, this is the base. This is the foundation Mm -hmm. for everything else. If you get this wrong, You can't help but get everything else wrong. You might have a perfect theology of everything else. But if you're not a good individual leader of your soul, of your heart, of your mind, and of your strength, those are the four component parts of a person, according to the Bible, Mm -hmm. then you aren't going to fail in everything else, right? And failure might look differently than you expect. Oh, I'm prospering. Or things seem to be going well. Yeah, but God defines failure and success differently. <laughs> right? So if you if you truly want to be working for the kingdom, you have to start here. And this is one of the blessings of our modern day, is so many of the squishy evangelifish churches do start there, which is actually a blessing in disguise. Not even in disguise, it's just a straight up blessing, and we should thank God for that. Right? Yeah. But they they stop there, and they don't let that work go anywhere. But we also have to focus on the work, right? That is yeah. work. Getting your heart and mind under wraps is a lifelong endeavor, but the fruits of that are ridiculously large. So that's what I would say.
1: Yeah, I think this is... when we're talking about the individual, I think the point that we're kind of making is, the individual, if you're just an individual for now, if you're in the stage of life where you're not a father, you're not a leader in business, you're not in the church as an elder or or a leader in the church, or you're not in the civil realm as a leader in, in civil authority, you're an individual leader, right? And who are you leading, right? And I had and I, we've kind of been talking about this the whole way through, but there are two, two aspects that you're leading in. First, and vitally importantly, because you can't be a leader in any of those other spheres in in the, um, in the a family, in the church, in the civil realm, or in a business. You can't be a leader in any of those other places without first being a leader in this way. you got to be a leader to yourself, right? And it, it kind of seems... I, I cringe, and I told Bruce this earlier um, that I cringe whenever I say that because you have all of these mantras out there saying you have to first care for yourself first, you have to first um, um, you know look out for yourself first, right But this is true that you need to lead yourself first, and what what do we mean what what do I mean by that? I mean you make sure that you're disciplined, right? How would you lead? people in business like we were talking about before person in business loves and disciplines make sure that there is a standard and that's the le- that personal leader is following that right you as yourself you're leading your soul right as a personal leader into being disciplined right you're following a standard right that standard is god's word disciplined in following that and growing in that, I wanted to share Proverbs 4.23, which says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. And from your heart will flow the springs of life. Be vigilant, watch over your heart. Right, That is an individual leader. You're caring for your heart, making sure that it does not receive sin, it doesn't receive temptation and it falls into sin, you're disciplining your heart, which is a sense of caring for it. By dis, by disciplining it and making sure it follows yeah. the standard,
0: it's not what goes into a man that corrupts; it's
1: what comes out. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. What Christ said. And I think, and then, so that's the one aspect. Right. You're being a leader. An individual can be a leader by leading himself. Right. An individual, as we discussed in the First Timothy um, passage at the very beginning, First Timothy 4.12, you're an example, right? You're leading others without knowing that you're leading others, right? You are leading whether you think you are or not. You're being an example to other people, and by leading yourself first, you can be a good example and a good leader to other people. So, I think That's, that's why I, I'll end um, with that. And I think that's kind of the point that we're trying to get across with, with this, but this is the building block. The individual is the building block that leads into everything else. Can't be a good leader in anything else. If you're not a leader first to self. Yep.
0: Absolutely. Well, we hope this was helpful to you and, um, Gave you some things to look into or got you all psyched up for our next couple of episodes (laughs) because we got a packed month. We're doing three discussion topics this month. We usually do them every other week, but we're doing them back to back because there's just so much to cover. So don't miss all of those. Like this video, share it, you know, all the things that I feel I don't have to say, but I probably should. But I'm not going to. We're on all the social media platforms. So at TRD Show, follow us on Facebook, Getter instagram twitter all the places follow us on those please share us around we appreciate that we're looking forward to seeing you on monday we're back to talking talk about current events once again from a biblical perspective until then have a great rest of your weekend have a wonderful lord's day and remember everyone in all that you do do it as unto the lord